Don't you open up that window Don't you let out that Yes, people, it is Friday, which means it's your last chin check of the week. But, people, we got a little treat for you, man. It's a double header. So, in part one, we will be looking at the news. Right? All them stories that have been opening up over the week. And in part two, we are speaking to the great Heather Standing. So, people, stay tuned. All right, let's get popping on that news, people. Ha <laughs> ha! Ain't the feds, it's chin check, baby. Okay, so they're gearing up. To this Jake Paul Ben Askren boxing freak show that's gonna be taking place in April. And um I the more and more I hear about this being, the more kind of preposterous it's all kind of sounding. Like you know, I mean the cost of it is a bit baffling. Right, it's $49.99. $49.99. Alright, which is a bit like, uh, what are we what are you paying for here? You know? Because there's like Anthony Tarver has dropped out. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of the, the 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 name recognition and all of that for People isn't there, well, especially boxing fans. Because I mean, like this whole thing about oh, let's get some boxers against MMA people, MMA people who aren't known for their hands. <laughs> it, you then, you know, you you hit this wall where it's like, I don't know what the interest is. Now, if you had someone like Francis Ngannou on there. Like, people will be like, okay, <laughs> I will watch that, right? He's knocking people out. You know, if you had Derek Lewis, Stipe, you know what I mean? Just people that have got hands, right? You have got more of a chance of attracting people, but you don't. You don't. So you're paying all that money, right? So you're thinking, okay, what, what else is there? What else is there? So they've, um, you know, thrown on a heap of musical guests. Right? So um, Justin Bieber, The Black Keys, Doja Cat, Diplo, Major Lazer, Snoop and Ice Cube have got yet another... Supposed supergroup Like the amount of supergroups That Ice Cube 
and Snoop Dogg have been in over the years that really have amounted to nothing <laughs> is remarkable. But yes, they there is a new one called Mount Westmore. All right, so it's Snoop, Ice Cube, Too Short, and E40. I mean, individually, yeah, they're all cool and all. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what this group is. You know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see what this group is. Now, you know, Snoop's doing all of this stuff because he's part owner of Triller. But, yeah, I don't know, people. Biz, I, I think you watch a boxing match for the boxing, not the music. Right, and especially when you've got like Jake Paul, so you he's got huge YouTube following and all of that, right? Now, is this particularly the music he's um you know fans wanna hear? Right, you've got that, so it's you have to think about that. You definitely have to think about that. And it's just yeah, it, it just never really works. Never really worked within a boxing fight. But then you have the weird ass commentary team that they have decided to put together. Right? So I think at least last time out, you had like Israel Adesanya on there. You had, I think there was a few more people that knew boxing. But from all accounts, it was still. I remember I listened to. Yeah, I watched the main fight. And the commentary was just a bit weird. Like, the commentary wasn't exactly good. Right? And you didn't hear really much at all from the legitimate boxing commentators. So, this time around, oh man, it seems even worse. Seems even worse, right? So. We've got uh, supermodel Taylor Hill, right? You've got comedian Pete Davidson. You've got Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell, who I thought was getting done on some sex charges or something, but obviously not, right? And then you've got the, um, the Emilio sisters, Dixie and Charlie, from TikTok fame. So it's all a little bit like, huh? Like, what the fuck make any of these people like warrant, you know, anyone wanting to hear their thoughts on <laughs> unboxing? Right? This is what I have no clue about. It, it's a little baffling, right? It's a little baffling. Now, listen, I'm not saying, right, these people don't know about boxing, but no one knows what the fuck they know about boxing. So if, you know, they came and be like, um, you know, Taylor Hill, she's like, man, when I'm not modeling clothes, I'd love boxing. I, you know what I mean? I do boxing to keep fit. I'd love to be a boxer, but I make way too much cash doing doing what I do. So, hey, ain't spoiling this face, you feel me? You see, it'd be funny, you get it. Boom, you'd be like, okay. And you'd like, if it, just anyone was like, yo, I watch boxing all the time, right? 
man, I, I remember the first boxing fight I watched was blah, blah, blah. At least let people know that these motherfuckers know something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, they do have um, also Ray Flores, Al Bernstein and Mike Coppinger um, on the bill too. But last time out, the actual boxing, you know, analysts, yeah, they didn't really contribute too much. Which, listen, I understand. Because if if some people are saying some dumb shit, you're just sitting there thinking, oh, why am I here? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna nod because these people don't know shit. <laughs> It is the weirdest It's the weirdest thing Now, what really makes me laugh is Ray Kavanagh, right, the CEO of Triller Like, old Kavanagh, he said This group of headline talent from all areas of music and entertainment Will make this the must-watch event of 2021 Nowhere else will you be able to see this mix of pop culture, comedy and hip-hop legends and top-notch fights in one place. It's just like, what what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what the fuck are you talking about, son? Gee, this is ridiculous, right? Because, firstly... You can't say top-notch fights. <laughs> you definitely can't say that. Because you don't have top-notch fighters. Like, and that's the thing. You don't have top-notch fighters. You can say this, you know, this, this fight card that asks some interesting questions. You can say shit like that, but I don't know if you can say top-notch fights, right? And the other thing, it seems they chose these people... Purely on their social media followings Because it's just like, oh, yes, we've picked people from all areas And you're like, no, 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 that's not what you do right? You pick the people with the knowledge You pick the people that will enhance your event with what they're saying Not just because they've got a million fucking followers on Twitter it's insane. It is insane. But um yeah. That is your um <laughs> your, your next thriller fight card for you. <laughs> oh god damn. Just sounds like a hot mess, man. Sounds like a hot mess. So I would say one of the craziest things coming out of the whole Triller talk and promotion right now Is that Oscar De La Hoya is actually coming back He's, you know, he's talked about this for years You know, he's going to make a comeback, he's going to do this Remember he was saying that he wants to fight Conor McGregor There was just so much talk but, yeah, at the um, press conference for the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight, he came on stage and said July the 3rd will be his comeback fight. 
No, no word on the opponent or where it's going to be. Just July 3rd. I kind of feel, yeah, he, he definitely dropped the ball on this. Because literally, he didn't say anything else, right? Just July 3rd, coming back, drops the mic, walks <laughs> off. And it's just like, did anyone in that room care? You know what I mean? Like, you drop the mic when you've got the motherfucking room. When the room is on your every word. You know what I mean? They're just waiting to hear what you're going to say. Then you can drop the mic, man. And just walk off and you know, oh shit, they're going to be chasing you down for more press and just everything. It's going to be bananas. But I don't think anyone in that room gave a shit. You know what I mean? A lot of people are probably like, wait, who's that guy? <laughs> or who's that old guy on stage? Because, listen, he's 48, right? But that oh, yeah, does look old. So it does make you wonder who's he going to fight, right? Is he looking to join um, Tyson's Legends League thing? I don't know. I don't know who they're going to put him up against, because when you think about it, right, De La Hoya, he's, um, his last fight was a while back, right, December the 6th, 20, 2008, right, when he lost to Manny Pacquiao, and, um, yeah, that was a brutal loss, brutal loss, man, but, you mean, Deloya, he's had a good career. When you um think about it all, right? He had forty-five fights, thirty-nine wins, six losses. Now, out of those thirty-nine wins, thirty by knockout, nine by decision, and with the losses, two knockout losses, four via decision. So, look, his his career isn't a bad career. And he definitely had some great fights. I remember watching De La Hoya, right? I, I remember watching De La Hoya win the Olympics. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was winning everything. That's why he was the golden boy. Because he, he was just, whew, slick as a motherfucker. Right? Slick as a motherfucker. But I will say... There are a lot of fights, right? A lot of fights which you can look at and you just think, man, he um, he kind of got gifted that one, right? Kind of got gifted that one. It, it you just yeah, it it was just one of those things. Like there was a, a lot of decisions that went his way, and you're just like, I don't know how the fuck they gave that fight to him. You know what I mean? I don't know how they gave that fight to him. It was it was a little weird. There was a lot of those. So yeah, it, it's. I think there are questions, and there's a lot of questions about. His career, for sure, for sure. There's a lot of questions about his career, but um, yeah, it's just the inactivity, right? He's been out for so long, 
like so long it's kind of crazy right it is kind of crazy you think about it december 20 2008 so he's been away for 13 years 13 years and you just think damn son i, I, I yeah i think mean, maybe just leave it like that you know what I mean? maybe just leave it like that you know it's um not worth it's not worth it because you go up against any of these young dudes they're gonna fuck you up right they're gonna fuck you up yeah man it is um yeah i know Can- like cats like canelo would love to get their hands on him Right, because he's fucked over a lot of boxers, which is amusing. Because you know he sued Bob Arum back in the day, right? And um, yeah, he's he's done the same to other people, which is weird. It's a weird one, but yeah, I don't know. Does it do? Does anyone really want to see Oscar De La Hoya fight? Right. Anyone really want to see Oscar De La Hoya fight I think some of it is money I definitely think some of it is money Because a lot of people have sued that motherfucker You mean? And a lot of his fighters have sued him Right? He, he's, you know, people have bro- broken their contracts with zone and all of that So yeah, I think he's, um Things haven't been going well for him of late so yeah, I, I think in part that's the comeback, but he needs to really pick his opponents because man, with all them drugs and shit he's been doing as well, uh, he, his head ain't gonna be it, listen, it, it's not gonna be that head of the youth that can take some punches. Here is some real bad damage could happen. So yeah, I know. This is it, it's it's not the best of decisions But we'll just have to see Right 3rd of July people We'll see what the fuck happens Right So I think people have been pondering Is it wise to bring fans back Right Should fans come back Because listen We know that um, UFC 61 Will be the first Event but with a You know audience In Well over a year Right well over a year the last Man the last card With an audience was At the beginning of March right Think it was yeah beginning Of March or it might have been end of April Because you know We had the Brazil card But then that went behind Closed doors so Yeah um, February even, I said April, I mean February So um, yes, April the 24th Man, it, it feels, it seems crazy, right? But we got three title fights on the card Usman Masadal rematch and You got um, Wiley Zhang against Rose Namanunez And um, Valentina Shevchenko against... Fuck, what is uh, Shorty's name? Oh my god Oh my god I, My mind has just gone blank My mind has uh, literally gone 
blank on it, which is insane because she's a um a great fucking fighter who's just been killing it. Oh shit! Anyway, people, you know who the fuck I'm talking about, right? You know who the fuck I'm talking about. But yeah, it was the um, you know, it was a talk. Like, do do they, you know, should fans come back? Well. I have to say, right, the the thing that will show you whether, you know, it was the thing to bring fans back is people, right? People have the power here, because if they don't want it, they don't have to come, you know what I mean? I think it's as simple as that, but it kind of looks like they want it, right? Kind of looks like they want it, because... Motherfuckers sold out in minutes Sold out in minutes, supposedly Right? It's an arena record For highest gross Right? 15,000 people In attendance I mean Yo (laughs) I mean, what the fuck? That's crazy, right? That is crazy, and I think it just answers everything, right, answers everything, lets people know, okay, (laughs) yeah, I guess people wanted to come back, right, guess people wanted to come back, so, um, yeah, there you go, man, and the tickets look like they weren't cheap, right, tickets probably weren't cheap, so, yeah, the fact that everyone just, whoo, like, shot in there and grabbed that shit is definitely saying something. So, um, yeah, hats off, man. Hats off. I cannot wait. Looking forward to this pay-per-view because, man, it's a good one. Right? It looks like an insane card. And you just have all fingers are crossed. All fingers are crossed. Because do not, really do not want um, anything falling off of this one. Right? So, yeah, we will see UFC 261, people. Man, it's just next month. Right? Just next month. (laughs) So one of the big things that just popped up the other day, right, was the return of Misha Tay, right? So her last fight was against um, Raquel Pennington in 2016. So it's been a minute, right? It's been a minute since we um, last saw Tate fight, you know, but Tate. Man, you you have to say, you know, she's been a pioneer of the women's scene. You know, she she's been whew, there from the giddy up, right? There from the giddy up. She was um, you know, part of the power couple, her and Brian Carraway back in the day, you know. Now obviously that you know, that went the way it did, but she was always viewed as a staple, as a a big part of the scene, 
So, you know, when you look at where it's gone, and that is, you know, she did play a a part of that. So, yeah, you've got to give her props. Now, the thing I think is um, interesting, she's only 34, right? Only 34, which, yeah, I thought she was um, a, a, a little bit older than that, but no, only 34, which is uh, interesting, right? So she um, made her debut, right? Made her debut, the... Um, 24th of November 2007 Right But um, That was in Hoot and Shoot So she lost her next fight Against Caitlin Young But we know Caitlin Young Is a tough motherfucker Right um, It was because she was fighting in part of a, a Tournament Which was the thing back in the day Right um, But yeah then she um, Yeah was on strike force, right? She came to strike force and was just, you know, fighting all over the place. Right, her next loss was Sarah Kaufman, but you mean you look at it, she's just fought man, so many names. It's it's insane, right? So many names doing her thing, you know, doing her thing back on the it's when strike force had that challenges series. You know, she was um, a staple on that, right? Beat Mar... Mar How do you say it? Marlos Conan, you know, who was, yeah, a a straight-up G in the women's game back in that day, right? So she um, fought her. And that was the um, Fedor Henderson card. Right, remember that card when um Henderson beat Fedor. Man, that that was the start of it all, right? So yeah, she was doing her thing, but the next fight was her who the start of the rivalry with Ronda Rousey. You know, so um yeah, that was what March twenty twelve, right? But she beat the likes of you know Julie Kedzie. Oh, the, the Kedzie fight was her last. Her last in strike force. Then she came over to the UFC. Came over to the UFC. Now, it was interesting, but she lost her first fight to Kat Zingano. Right? On the Ultimate Fighter 17 finale. So that was April 2013. But, next fight, she fought Ronda Rousey. Fought Ronda, that didn't go well. You know, she lost to Ronda, but she beat Liz Carmouche, right? Rin Naki, Sarah McMahon, Jessica I, and then she did the the crazy thing. She beat Holly Home, beat Holly Home for the belt, right? UFC 196, McGregor Diaz won. So, Kieran, when you look at that career, she's, man, she has fought so many greats in the game. So many greats in the game. You know what I mean? So, you, you've got to give her that. So, it all, it did all end with the loss to Amanda Nunes at UFC 200. 
And then she lost to Raquel Pennington at UFC 205, right? That was the Madison Square Garden card. Um, Alvarez v McGregor. Uh, but that was, I mean, it's not. she didn't get owned in that fight. But it was the Nunes fight, which really was like, oh, that's brutal, man. That's brutal. But, you know, Amanda, she um, she was doing that to everyone, right? So it's not a, you know, it's not something you look at and go, ugh, yeah, she's done. She's done. But I think with her walking away after the Pennington fight, you could kind of see it. Right, she she'd hit the thing she'd always wanted, you know, the the belt. She finally was able to become a champion after, you know, challenging for the title on several occasions and it not going her way. So she did that. She wanted kids, right? That was always a big thing. She went, had two kids, right? She found someone who treated her right, loved her. So yeah, she got married. So you know, life was good, and she went and became a vice president at um at One FC, which definitely an interesting one, right? That was an interesting move, man. Like going to one, and I think with this whole move, you do what you did wonder, like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, what I mean? like she's the vice president at that spot. But she's fighting in the UFC? Huh. What's that mean? Well, it, it seems all good, right? Seems all good. Because, um, you know, Chapri, Sitadong, right? I think that, is that how you say it? He, um, he put out a message, right? Said, uh, congratulations to my friend Misha Tate on her comeback. When she first approached me with the idea several months ago, I thought it was a crazy idea. It is a reminder that dreams are never crazy to the person going after them, but only to the world. She intends to win the UFC title again. From the start, Misha has always had my full support and blessing because I love watching friends chase their dreams. Of course, I would have loved to watch Misha compete in one and eventually fight for the world title here, but she was already locked into an athlete contract with UFC. Even prior to joining one as a VP, no matter what happens, Misha will always be part of the one family. Best of luck, Misha. Go get her. Now, I think that is a bit contradictory. Is it's just like, oh, when she first approached me, I thought it was crazy, and then you're like, oh, I always support my. But it's just like, wait, what? Is, what is it? <laughs> like, what is it? And I am sure. Right, if he really wanted her to fight in one, I he could have bought a contract out. Right? Could have bought the contract out. But he didn't. So yeah. <laughs> I think enough said about that. But I will say, Misha, it does seem like she's saying all the right things. You know, she's saying all the right things. Yo, so she's got a um a radio show on Sirius XX. Sirius Sirius X XM XX. Ah. 
but yes, she's got that, and um, yeah, she she was talking about it all there, right? She said, um, my heart is completely full of passion. I feel like I'm totally revigorated. When you know, you know, and I just know. I've always been that person to lead with my heart and do what I feel like my calling is in life, and it's never steered me wrong. I've being a person that can change direction very quickly and not be afraid to do it. I dive right in if I feel like it's right, and that's what I'm doing here. Ah. You know, which is, hey, can't fault her, man. Can't fault her, right? She said, um, you know, but she's fighting Marion Renault, right? Tough fight for sure. And, um, yeah, she said it was what the UFC said was available. And I thought, that's fine with me. You know, it's been four years since I fought. I think that Marion Renault, she's solid in every area. She had that triangle choke over Sarah McMahon. She's dangerous from the bottom. She can strike well. And it's her retirement fight. So I guess when they asked her about it, she was very excited. I think Marion is great, and when you know it's your last fight, there's going to be a lot of fire in there, a lot of passion, but she's obviously going to want to go out on a win. She's going to put everything she has left in the gas tank, but she's not saving herself for the next fight. This is the tip of the hat. This is the final countdown for her, so I know she's really going to bring it, and for me, I've got a lot to prove. I've got to shake off the five years and go out there and have a great performance and win and set off this second part of my career. So, um, yeah, you know, hey, she's saying all the things and hey, you know, when you like, you think about it and think, oh, could it like why she? Why is she coming back? What's the goal? So she said, I've got six fights on the contract. I've got two years that I know for sure I want to dedicate to this sport. But look, anything can happen off of one fight. I'll be honest, I really don't know exactly what to expect. That's what's so exciting for me. But I can tell you, for the next two years, that's my plan, to be heavily involved in the sport. Obviously, I want to become champion again. I'd love to run that one back. I would love to fight Amanda again, because I know I have the style to beat her. I'm not at all going to take anything away from her. She's a scary woman, and she hits like a man. I know that. I've been in there with her, and I've seen what she's done since then, but I know I have the style to beat her. So, I don't know about the last part, you know what I mean, because I don't know who has got the style to beat, um, friggin', you know, Amanda Nudez, but hey, props to Tate, man, props to Tate, and especially, you know, I think the fact that she knows, right, I definitely, definitely two years, definitely two years, now I imagine, right, if coming to the end of those two years, there's a title shot just there, a bit like Daniel Cormier, she would 
stick around for that. But yeah, no, I I, I respect that move. Right, be interesting to. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how she is in her next fight. Right, she's um, you know, there's been pictures of her at Extreme Couture, but she helped someone who was on the card the other day. I forget who it was, but um, it might have been Andrew Yanez. I'm not sure, but I know she. Hmm. Or it might have been his opponent, Bruno Silva. I don't know, but I know she trained with someone. Um, so yeah, she's in shape still. All right, so um, yeah, let's see what happens with this. Okay, people. So we've had issues with this card, right? Two sixty. There's been a lot of things going down, but all fights, as of right now, are a go. So, yeah, it's a 10-fight card, people. So, um, you know, and those 10 fights, they're a good fight. But, yeah, everything is on tap. The, the main event, hey, they made weight. And um, it's an interesting one, this, right? So, Stipe, he weighed 234, right? And um, Francis... He came in at 263, which, you know what I mean? Like, boy, about 30 pounds difference, which is, yeah, that's a big one. Now, in their first fight, uh, UFC 220, like, you know, Stipe, he weighed 246. Right now, Ungano, he, he still weighed 263. So the difference was, I think that's 17 pounds, right? Um, which is still, you know, significant. But right now, 30 pounds different. That's like, yo, okay. Now, we saw Stipe make this kind of move in his fights with um, Daniel Cormier. He dropped down, and he looked good, right? He looked good, right? His speed is there. And, I, I, you know, I think with this, it's the same approach, right? I'll be fast. I can outmove Francis, you know, avoid those heavy punches. But you do wonder now, if one of them heavy punches lands, how's that going to be, right? Because... With that weight difference, and I don't know what it's, you know, what the deal is with heavyweights. Go Like, what the limit is for them to actually walk into the ring, because they're going to be putting on weight, right? But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that big weight difference is going to make a difference, but, you know, it didn't last time. So we will see. We will see. Just adds to the intrigue, right? Adds to the intrigue. Now, everyone else was fine, but um, Jared Gordon. So he's fighting um, Abakar Numamedagov. Right, Numamedagov. He weighed one hundred and seventy and a half. Now, on his first attempt. 
Godden weighed 171 and a half. But he had an hour to go and cut, and he did. So he's 171. All is good. Now, for the prelim headliner, right? Alonso Menafield against Fabio Chara. Now, Menafield, he came in at 205. And Chara, he came in at 206 and a half. So, um, yeah, that's it. He wasn't able to cut anymore. Or, I don't know. I don't know if he wasn't allowed to cut. Or if, um, yeah, he, he just couldn't. But he comes in, you know, half a pound over. But I will say, right, this I'm a little lenient on. Because he took the fight on... I think it was Tuesday he stepped in. So, you know what I mean? It's been a very short notice. And to only be half a pound over, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, all right. You know what I mean? Listen, it's it's never great to miss weight. But I think when you're taking a fight on crazy short notice, you know, you, you can be a little bit lenient there. Can be a little bit lenient Now everyone else was good You know I don't think there was a um, Yeah not really a lot To kind of go I mean everyone looked Yeah everyone looked on point Right there's no one that looked Terrible up there You know looked like they were in any sort of issue Everyone looked mad hungry You know Robertson and Maverick looked sharp As fuck O'Malley and Omeda. Oh, Omeda did come with frigging glasses. He did come with sunglasses, which you're just like, what are you doing, son? Now, um, Vicente Lupe, he looked good, 170 and a half. Now, Woodley, Tyrone Woodley, he weighed 171. And I will say, he did look leaner, right? He, he didn't look as, you know, muscle-bound, and like, listen, when I say muscle bound, I don't mean because he wasn't slow, right? Even though you know he was hu- always huge, he he never really was slow, right? But um, yeah, he doesn't look as huge. It looks like maybe he was working more on cardio than weights in this camp. So it's yeah, it's going to be interesting with this one, you know, because they both look. On point, but with a maybe if Woodley's been doing more cardio and stuff like that, maybe it's like a little thing to help him get through, you know, that flatness that he's felt in those other fights. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see. But yeah, I'm so glad we haven't lost a fight. <laughs> so glad. You know, he was, oh man, losing Volkanovski or Tega was just like, God. Damn, you know what I mean? So yeah, let us see what the fuck happens. But um, yeah, I am looking forward to this one for sure. So people, as um, John Anik would say, one more sleep. Let's fucking go. Okay, people. So we have reached the end of another. 
episode. Right, but before we bounce, let's take a look because there have been some real good fights, real good fights announced for um, yeah the next uh, few you know cards coming through. Right, so unfortunately, Nate Manis is out of his fight with Anthony Burchett. It is all good because Burchek is able to stay on that card because in step Tony Gravely. Right, so this fight is still going down on the 17th of April. So the following week, April the 24th, which is UFC 261, people. Right? And um, listen. We, we spoke about 261, right? And everyone is clamoring to be on that card. Now, the, the two faces that will be there, Randy Brown and Alex Oliveira, they're scheduled to, yeah, get up in it. Two more that will be on that card. Dwight Grant as he goes against Stefan Skellig. So we then jump to May. And um, Demir Ismaglov will be fighting Rafael Alvarez. And that is on the 15th. So that's UFC 262. Another, another banger, people. You know what I mean? Woo! And then we jump to, um, yeah, the old birthday weekend. It's July 10th, people. UFC 264 Two fights scheduled for that uh, Zagalos Zagamulgov He will be fighting Jerome Rivera Both will be looking for that UFC win And also Amery Okamadov Will be fighting Brad Tavares So a very tasty fight right there people But that's it Alright, hope you enjoyed it But we're not done people Make sure you go over, check out Part 2 of today's episode And hear from the great Heather Standing people Let's go